and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Stop talking. (laughs) Stop saying that out loud right now. I cannot think of a time I've been more unprepared for Christmas than I am right now. Wow, you're usually like way on top of it. I know. And I'm like done. Work has just been very busy and uh, Etsy has been very busy. And yeah, and and like the kids, I mean, we spent the whole weekend in Boise. You and I both did having Mm -hmm. a very fun time celebrating my oldest daughter, Matea's graduation from Boise State. Which huge props to Matt and awesome. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just, I'm way behind. I, I it's, it's organized madness though. Like I know everything that's happening. It just hasn't all happened or I haven't <laughs> done it all, <laughs> but we're going to get there. I think, I hope mm-hmm. we'll find out <laughs> anyway. So I hope you all are, uh, you know, a little further along with the uh, program if you celebrate Christmas. And if not, uh, I hope you're all well anyway. For sure. Well, big news. Mm-hmm. Biggest of news. Yeah. Ruby Frankie has pled guilty. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Ruby pled guilty uh, with an agreement to cooperate and testify truthfully against Jody Hildebrand. Of course, this is the child abuse case out of Utah that we've been covering for a while. And I should have said, this is a Mormon misdeeds episode uh, for us. Yes, it is. uh, Because we are covering this uh, case today as well as the uh, Hale Thibodeau case. So that's uh, where we're at. So I'm going to just lead us out with the Frankie plea. I mean, you just want to see her in court and then we'll talk about it a little further. Uh, So let's just head straight there. Good morning. Welcome to District Court. We're here in the matter of State of Utah versus Frankie, case number 23150-1764. Mr. Winward is here representing Ms. Frankie. Let's bring her out. And Mr. Clark and Mr. Shum are here representing the State of Utah. Ms. Frankie is now here. Mr. Winward, we are scheduled for a waiver hearing. Is there going to be a waiver today? There will, plus a plea agreement, Your Honor. All right. I'll ask the bailiff to hand you if it's been executed. All right. Mr. Winward, you have discussed with Ms. Frankie a preliminary hearing, what's involved in a preliminary hearing. She understands she has a right to a preliminary hearing on all of the charges in the case. She understands what the charges are and she's prepared to waive a preliminary hearing in the case on all charges? She is and that is contained in this agreement on page seven as well. Very good. All right, I've been handed a plea agreement and it appears to be signed by Ms. Frankie. Ms. Frankie, did you sign this agreement? 
Yes. And you did that today? When did you sign it? On the 18th. Okay. You've read it carefully? Every word. Your signature represents to the court that you've read it carefully, that you understand what you've read, and that you agree to all of the terms. Is that all accurate? Yes. You've had sufficient time to ask questions of your counsel, to go over any questions you have. You're ready to go forward. Yes. You don't need any more time. I'm ready. Ms. Frankie, is anyone pressuring you to enter into this agreement? No. Anyone promising you anything I haven't been told about? No. Anything that's not in the written plea agreement? No. Are you under the influence of alcohol or drugs today? No. Is there anything today that could in any way interfere with your ability to understand the agreement, its consequences, anything? No. No physical condition, no medication, nothing? No. Any further record, counsel? No, Your Honor. Mr. Winward, we ready to proceed? We are ready to proceed. All right, then. Ms. Frankie, how do you plead to count one, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. To count three, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. To count five, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. And to count six, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? With my deepest regret and sorrow for my family and my children, guilty. There is a factual basis set forth in the agreement that is a stipulated factual basis, counsel? That's correct, Your Honor. That is correct, Judge Walton. The court finds that the factual basis is sufficient. All of the terms of the agreement are stipulated, including that the court obtain a pre-sentence investigation report, correct? Correct. There won't be any argument about whether prison is the appropriate sentence, and there's an agreement about the four counts running consecutive? That is correct. All right. The court finds then that Ms. Frankie's pleas are made knowingly and voluntarily. The court therefore accepts and enters those pleas. The court orders the preparation of a pre-sentence investigation report to be prepared by AP&P and the Department of Corrections. Counsel, what about sentencing on February 20th? I think, do you and your client agree to waive time, counsel? We do agree to waive time, Your Honor. February 20th, I believe, is a Tuesday. Is that right? Ten a.m.? That works for us, Your Honor. All right. Anything else for today? Your Honor, maybe. We'll go ahead and cut it there. Guilty on four counts. So she was charged with six. 
and she pled guilty to four. Each one of those counts could carry up to 15 years. So, in theory, she could serve 60 years in prison. She won't uh, come anywhere close to that, likely, because these are her first offenses. And because she's cooperating and testifying against Jody Hildebrand. Uh, one of the conditions... At minimum, it is four, though. Yeah. At minimum, it's four years in prison. Mm -hmm. Yep. I hope she does enough that those children have a chance to become adults before she is out of prison. Me too. But I do want to read you a couple of things. Uh, this is from the plea agreement itself. Uh, trigger warnings for all the things because it's oh. awful. This is awful. Yes. So this is on count one. So from approximately May 22nd, 2023 until August 30th, 2023. So the entire summer in Washington County, Utah, Ruby Frankie intentionally or knowingly inflicted and allowed another adult to inflict serious physical injuries upon her children that were aged nine and 11 to 12. On count one, the defendant's actions involved the physical torture of RF, RF is the son. Additionally, RF was forced to do physical tasks for hours and days at a time. These included wall sits, carrying boxes full of books up and down stairs and working outside. We are talking about Southern Utah. We're talking about well over a hundred degrees in the summer. Oh, it's yeah. an extremely hot it was, place. It was in St. George three summers ago in August and it was 113 degrees when we got out of our car. Mm -hmm. Please know when we're talking about this, this is how hot it was. Yeah. Eventually, RF was forced to do outside labor without shoes in the summer heat. He was forced to stand in the direct sunlight for several days. He was forced to remain outside all hours of the day and night for extended periods of time. These actions resulted in repeated and serious sunburns with blistered and sloughing skin. RF was denied adequate water for several days. It's a miracle these kids lived. It really is. He was required to remain in the summer heat, and he was punished when he secretly consumed water. My trying God. To survive, you know. Mm. He was denied sufficient food, and when given food, he was given very plain meals. Example, rice and chicken, while others in the house ate regular and more flavorful meals. He was isolated from other people and denied all forms of entertainment, including books, notebooks, and electronics. In addition, after RF attempted to run away in July, his hands and feet were regularly bound. Binding included being tied to the defendant and to weights. More times, or many times, the binding included using two sets of handcuffs, one on his wrists and one on his ankles. At times, with RF laying on his stomach, ropes were used to tie the two sets of handcuffs together so that his arms and lower legs were lifted off the ground. God. The bindings resulted in injuries to RF's wrists and ankles where the handcuffs cut through the skin and damaged the muscle and tissue. These injuries were treated with homeopathic remedies and covered with duct tape. Uh, if you remember, the homeopathic remedy was honey mixed with cayenne pepper. Yeah, so torture. Mm -hmm. Then the bindings were placed on top of the duct tape. Specific instances of abuse committed by the defendant include kicking RF while wearing boots, holding his head under water, and cutting off oxygen by placing her hands over his mouth and nose. 
Count two, the actions described above caused severe emotional harm to RF due to the fact that they began in May and escalated throughout the summer months. Additionally, the defendant and another adult regularly sought to indoctrinate RF and convince him that he was evil and possessed, and that he needed to willingly be obedient to avoid punishments, and that the punishments were necessary to repent. That's a very Mormon very construct. Uh, not that all of this child abuse is not, but this is, that's... But the need... It, the, the need to repent because he was somehow something wrong with him. And the willingness to be obedient. Yeah. yeah. And this, he was also told that everything was being done to him were acts of love. The defendant's actions also caused severe emotional harm to EF. Other than binding and the specific instances of abuse RF was subjected to, EF was subjected to the same treatment as her brother. She was isolated and forced to do the physical tasks, remain outside, and denied food and water. She was also repeatedly told she was evil and possessed. The punishments were necessary for her to be obedient and to repent, and these things were being done to her in order to help her. EF was convinced that she was evil and needed to go through these things in order to repent for her sins. Ugh. The defendant's actions caused two or more physical injuries to EF. She was forced to work outside in the heat barefoot. She was also forced to run barefoot on dirt roads for an extended period of time. EF's feet were repeatedly injured by, and she was repeatedly sunburned. When examined on August 30th, these wounds were apparently apparent by scabs, blisters, and sloughing skin. Mm. We knew it was back. But frankly, I did not realize it was this bad. Um, holy Christ. Well, and those physical injuries will heal, but the emotional ones, the psychological ones, these kids are in for a tough road. Yeah, they are. They are. We're abusing you because out of love. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And because you're evil and possessed and this is all your fault. Mm -hmm. And you need to repent. These were children, mm -hmm. nine and 11 year old children. Yeah, little kids. How evil, how evil could they possibly have been, Ruby? Really? Yeah, really. My God. Remember, this the little boy is the one that Jody Hildebrand claims has been a porn addict since he was three. But remember that her definition of porn is not your definition of porn. Definitely no. No. I am sickened. I'm just sick. But uh, I'm sorry to do this to you, but you're going to be more sick because I'm going to read you a statement from her attorney Ugh. in which you may want to uh, have to hold yourself back from just slapping any next someone in front of you. <laughs> this is what Windward, Raw, Windward Law said. During Ruby Frankie's incarceration in Washington County Jail over the past few months, she has actively engaged in an introspection that has allowed her to reset her moral compass and understand the full weight of her actions. Ms. Frankie is committed to taking responsibility for the part she played in the events leading up to her incarceration. Are you motherfucking kidding me? Right. No. 
No, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. A few months in jail because you got caught. Right. Is a reset to your you. moral compass? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, Ruby. No, Ruby. Okay, Maybe Ruby. 20 years in prison will reset mm -hmm. your moral compass. I kind of doubt mm -hmm. it. Because if your moral compass was this easy to throw off track, you didn't have one in the first place. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we know that there have been problematic things going on with her children long before she got involved mm -hmm. with Jody Hildebrandt. This is the culmination of yep. years of bullshit. Mm -hmm. withholding food from her six-year-old who forgot her lunch at school and mm -hmm. ridiculous shit like that. Like mm -hmm. she wasn't very far from this to begin with. Mm -hmm. No, she wasn't not at all. And again, we're only here because he escaped. Right. We're only here because he escaped. She got caught and she right. got arrested. This nonsense is ridiculous he did go on to say something about along the lines that now that she's you know understands the error of her ways she has started contacting family members to apologize i hope she's she not allowed to, to contact those kids yeah. yeah i can't imagine she's allowed to contact those kids she won't be no but honest to god how yeah. that statement just made me want to punch somebody i was like are you yeah. kidding me right that this minute like she somehow didn't know this was wrong. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, you did. You're a full grown adult. You know that torturing your children and withholding food and water mm -hmm. is wrong. But again, the possessed. They're, they, we've said it from the beginning and you all mm -hmm. have to the Lori Vallow-esque uh, energy behind this. But come on. Can you not yeah. look at her today and be like, wow, holy McLaurie list. The hair. Yeah. Yep. Of course, she uh, did, you know, plead guilty and not spew a bunch of nonsense about Jesus knowing her. But uh, God. she reminds me of Lori so much and all of know, this, that the kids were evil mm -hmm. and the kids were possessed. What the hell? The yeah. thing that kills me is that we just keep hearing this coming out of Mormons. And this isn't even shit Mormons believe. Where is this yeah. coming from? I know it's coming from multiple sources, the, the Chad Day Bellas mm. camps, but what I is don't going know, on though. with these people? Growing up as a Mormon kid, we were constantly taught that the adversary, mm -hmm. Satan, yeah. was tempting us at every turn. Yes. And that every time we broke the rules or did something we weren't supposed to do, we were being tempted by the adversary. Mm -hmm. That's not that far from That's being true. evil or possessed. and. You know, yeah. Mormons believe kids are baptized at age eight and join the Mormon church because they are then held accountable for all of their sins after mm -hmm. that age. Mm -hmm. And these kids were nine and 11. Yeah. So they were being yeah. held accountable as though they were consciously sinning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the sinning part that I mean, I could go on about that for an hour, but just the mm -hmm. words possessed. I don't remember hearing that as a kid. You know, no, I don't either. That language definitely is not there. Yeah. But I just think about like the, yeah. the constant tempting of the adversary. Every yeah. time you think of doing something that's against the rules, you're being mm -hmm. tempted by Satan. Mm -hmm. Satan's working on you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that for sure. Mm -hmm. So obviously sentencing in February, we will definitely be keeping a close eye on that. Uh, no uh, clue right now when Jody Hildebrand will be in court next, but I'll bet her blood is boiling I, right now. 
wonder how what she her actually moral has a hearing later this month. Like. Oh, she on, does on the 28th. You're right. Yeah. So it's the same day. She and Chad Daybell have hearings on the same day. That's right. I forgot Should be that. Interesting to see. But yeah, what's going to happen here? Because she's definitely been thrown under the bus. How's your moral compass feeling there, Jody? Yeah. How is your moral compass feeling there? I mean, if she's got a half a brain, she'll plead too. But if they'll if they'll offer her one, I don't know. It might have right. been a, one or the other, whoever's going to take this deal the quickest. Could be a one and done. Well, right. I mean, Ruby did the smartest thing she could do. And, you know, mm -hmm. not to give her any props whatsoever, the kindest thing she could do for her kids. Uh, yeah. Please don't put, not put her family through a, through a trial. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Jody is the licensed therapist. She is the one who should know better. And she was the one driving the driving force behind all of yep. this shit. And it's not like these are the only kids that have experienced this from her. We know now that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yes. <sighs> so there you have it. So, uh, well, speaking of people losing their minds and doing crazy things with their kids... I'm going to turn the uh, mic over to you to talk to us about the uh, Thibodeau-Hale case. Yes. Here we have Spring Thibodeau. If you remember Spring and her brother, Brooke, which when I say their names together, cracks me up. Um, they went missing in October out of, does this sound familiar, Gilbert, Arizona. They were with Spring's adult daughter and Spring's 16-year-old son. And they were headed out to uh, bring about the second coming, according to their version of a doomsday cult, mm -hmm. spun yet again out of the Mormon church mm -hmm. from the same town as Lori Vallow. Yep. Interestingly enough, they, and you know the story, they were caught fairly quickly in Alaska. They were trying to leave Alaska to head into Canada. They had disappeared, didn't tell Spring's husband um, where they were going or what was happening. Uh, it's believed that they used a ruse to get the 16-year-old boy to go with them because he is not in on these crazy beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that he, they believed him to be the Davidic servant, who yeah. is someone who has been prophesied apparently to help bring about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. Spring has referred to herself as a prophetess. Uh -huh. Sounding familiar, right? Uh, so she and Brooke, her brother, so this is the two of them, uh, Brooke and Spring, when they were um, arrested and being held in Alaska. They've been in jail in Alaska since the end of October. Uh -huh. They were just in the last few days extradited to Maricopa County and guess who's on the same floor in the women's jail at Maricopa County as Lori Vallow? <laughs> Spring Thibodeau. You can't make this shit up, guys. No, you, you cannot. They are both um, charged with custodial interference. So mm -hmm. Spring's husband filed for um, emergency custody of their 16-year-old son when this happened. And mm -hmm. he immediately filed for divorce from Spring. So he was granted custody, and then these two were charged with custodial interference. Uh -huh. I think that Arizona is trying to make 100% sure that a Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell apocalypse does not happen again. These Wise. two are being held on $500,000 bonds yeah. for custodial interference. Now, 
because total interference is probably a crime. But yeah. yeah, I don't think that bail is going to hold up. We'll see. They don't have a lot to charge them with because fortunately, the 16-year-old boy was found safe mm-hmm. and returned to his dad and was unharmed. Thank God. But yeah. who knows what was going to happen? They were headed up into Canada with all of this survivalist shit mm-hmm. with them. They had spent a bunch of money on all this survivalist equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooke had left basically a goodbye letter to his family, split yep. up his money between his kids, and they were out of there. And it was kind of yep. like, see you on the other side of the second coming, friends. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what they we said. Don't- if we're ever coming back but we're probably not yeah yeah you may you may not never ever see us again at least not in this life you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah so this is crazy scary mm-hmm. also weirdly um similar to oh, yeah. these other cases mm-hmm. so i started doing a little digging to find out is there any connection that we know other than they live in the same town and they share some similar beliefs, which very well could mean they're reading could have been part of the same groups. Mm-hmm. Do Lori Vallow and Chad Dable have any connection to Spring Thibodeau? Yes, they do. And that connection is Julie Rowe. Now remember Julie Rowe. Julie Rowe is the psychic and author that uh, Chad um, published Julie Rowe's books and mm-hmm. published her her near-death experience book that then not long after that is when Chad suddenly, uh, you know, developed a near-death experience as well. Yeah. But here are a few things that we know. So Chad's daughter, Emma, actually did the audio for several of Julie Rowe's books. Mm-hmm. And Spring uh, transcribed for Julie Rowe. So she transcribed her... Um, channelings or her writings or whatever there were recordings that she was transcribing so is it likely that these folks actually knew each other in real life yeah yeah it's quite likely because spring's doing that work for julie rowe at the time that chad was publishing her books and chad's daughter emma was doing the narration of julie rowe's audiobooks yeah there may be more i'm looking for more definitely working to find out more about how closely connected are these guys? Because the news connects them up based on their beliefs and the fact that Spring and Brooke initially um, flew to Boise, Idaho. So yeah. they first originally thought they were coming here to uh-huh. southeastern Idaho where we live, where all this wackadoodle bullshit's going on. But uh-huh. that's not actually the case. They ended up in Alaska headed to um, Canada. Yeah. But there's a lot more than just their beliefs connecting them. And yeah. You know, we're going to keep looking for that because is this part of the same, are they spinoffs of the same uh, doomsday prepper stuff? Are they, you know, there was that preparing a people organization that they were, you know, attending like prepper seminars and things. Uh We don't know. Um, But a few things we do know. They are on the same floor in the Uh Maricopa County Women's Jail. Uh Yeah. we believe they're both being kept in isolation. We know Lori Vallow is because she's a uh-huh. three-time convicted murderer. She's being right. kept uh, separate. But we think Spring Thibodeau probably is as well uh, simply because of her notoriety in the area. However, they do hold a Mormon church service in that jail every Sunday. <laughs> Are those women going to go to church together? Are they? My if God. they do, 
there is going to be and a scripture dance off. will be allowed to? I don't know. Right. But I mean, can you, <laughs> I mean, look at this again. This is Spring Thibodeau. But that doesn't look very different from what we just saw of Lori Vallow in the Maricopa County court mm -hmm. system and jail. Crazy, you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there will be a scripture dance off for the ages if those two get to go Rose to church there? together. Oh yeah. God. I know. Or they're going to start recruiting together. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they'll get in a big fight because, you no, know, I'm. The ascended the goddess. No, I'm the ascended goddess. I'm the real ascended goddess. You know, mm -hmm. I married Moroni. No, I married Moroni. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this could go a lot of ways, you guys. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they are there at the same time is so freaking bizarre to me. Um, I very spring, much like to hear that fight. Right? Me too. Spring and Brooke have not actually been before a judge yet in Maricopa County, and they will be, and I'm sure they're going to be addressing the, that bail. Because uh -huh. um, I don't know if they can hold them on $500,000 bond. That's pretty high. For custodial interference. Yeah. The prosecutor is describing Brooke Hale uh -huh. as being a dangerous man and a danger to his community. Uh -huh. What they are basing that on, I don't know. Other than Maricopa County is damn sure not going to get this wrong twice. No, I think no, more than not. anything, what we're seeing is we're going to make sure mm -hmm. that nobody gets killed in this situation. Yeah, uh, uh, an abundance of caution is in play. Yeah, for sure. Because at this point, the crimes that they're accused of are very minor can, compared to Lori Vallow. Oh, yeah, for sure. But holy shit, you guys. It could have been so much worse. What Thank God it is, wasn't. Right? And what the hell, Gilbert, Arizona? No wild so we will keep you updated i'm sure there'll be courts this they, they're supposed to be in court this week and then we'll know a little bit more there's still a lot we do not know about mm -hmm. the thibodeau hill case um because they've just been chilling in jail in alaska waiting to be extradited and so there's a lot of stuff we don't know but maybe there's more um that the prosecutors got at least on on uh brooke because calling him a danger to his community really mm -hmm. makes me wonder what else what else have they got Right. I. It's going to be really interesting to see the charging docs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. So that's coming, but we wanted to give you a little okay. update that, hey, they're all back home and they're all snug as a bug in a rug there in Maricopa County <laughs> Jail. <laughs> so bizarre. Have fun over there. Uh, all y'all that work at the Maricopa County Jail, especially the oh, ladies' God. jail. You guys are getting probably a... some extra time off by the time you get these idiots out of there, but. Mm -hmm. All righties. Well, there you have it. That's Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. On Wednesday, we have case updates at 7 p.m. Mountain, and then we'll have the watch party directly after. It's mm -hmm. the uh, third show of the month, so we'll have the watch party. And tomorrow we'll announce what the episode is. It'll be something on Netflix. It's always yes. a documentary that's around an hour, hour and a half-ish long, depending on mm -hmm. what we find that sounds amazing. So We're looking for wanna... something holiday-themed. Yeah. So if you want to come to the watch party, you just have to be a part of our membership here on YouTube. It's four ninety nine a month. It's a great way to just help uh, support us a little more, help us to uh, continue to do what we do. And the watch party's fun. So you watch mm. on your own device because we can't stream from Netflix because we don't even like to go to jail with Lori Vallow. No, we don't. 
<laughs> sure don't. No. Those guys. Uh, but so we watch on our device and you watch on yours, but we all chat together and it's really fun. It's a great way to kind of just get to hang out. So that's mm -hmm. what uh, is coming on Wednesday. So if you are not a member and would like to be, do it before then so that you can come to the watch party. Just go to our YouTube homepage and there's a spot where you click join and that's how you go there. Yeah. That's how you do easy. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that. So I'm going to go, um, you know, work more on Christmas <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe lay on the couch. Maybe both. We'll see. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> All righty. Well, guys, please take good care of yourselves. You are very worth it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. Thank <music> you.